you may or may not know that a contract exists. You purchased that property. Hopefully it was, it was discovered in due diligence and you guys assumed that contract, but there's a lot of owners out there who don't even know if they have a contract or not. So where do you start? And that's the thing is a lot of people, German really just don't know where to start. They're, they've never done this before. So we can guide them through. We've done literally thousands of contract negotiations and we can guide them through the whole process from start to finish. Because you'd be surprised too, how many owners can get taken advantage of because yeah. you don't know what you don't know. All right, guys, welcome again to another amazing episode. Today we have Todd Thorpe. Uh, he is a well-respected multifamily telecom and technology expert with over 30 years of, of industry experience. Uh, so he, he's worked with Charter Company um, and he negotiates on behalf, on behalf of investors to lower uh, cable and telecom costs. Um, as we talked in previous podcasts, when you reduce expenses, you increase NOI, therefore increase the value of your property. So smart operators are always looking for ways to reduce those expenses because it's gonna value, it's gonna increase the valuation of that asset. Uh, so we're gonna dive a little bit more into his uh, background, his expertise, and I'm sure any of this could apply to any, just about any asset in real estate. So, you know, Todd, if we can, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about just your background, you know, how do you, I mean, this is a very, I know people do it, obviously, but it, it seems like a very niche uh, job uh, to do. So tell us a little bit how you got involved in it. And um, if at any point you were doing any real estate investing yourself, and, and let's go from there. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, um, Oscar German, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it and and getting in front of your, your listeners. Um, I absolutely love a multifamily. I love, I love real estate. My dad was an architect. So I just, just the whole kind of building thing just has always fascinated me. Plus he, he had his real estate license as well. Uh, so he practiced real estate when I was a kid, but I started out in the telecommunications business back in 89, been in, in the cable industry for 30 years and spent about 20 of that um, in, in corporate roles, various corporate roles, uh, but spent the last 20 of that in, with the executive leadership position with Charter on the multifamily side. So we dealt with multifamily sales, working directly with people like yourself, your listeners, multifamily investors, owners, operators, management companies, REITs, um, negotiating the telecom access agreements, bulk cable agreements on behalf of Charter. And now I do that as a consultant. So I'm really um, looked at as a, a full-time ancillary services department. Our clients either A, don't have the time to do what we do, um, or they just don't know how to do it. And they come to us asking questions. Well, what about this? And what's this in, you know, can I really make money at it? So um Rather than having an, an internal department, which generally it's your ancillary services department, revenue management department, we're really kind of your in-house department, if you will. So saves 
companies a lot of money so they don't have to hire those internal resources and they reach out to us. Yeah. So, so are you, you said you mentioned you're a consultant, so you don't exactly work for telecom companies. Nope. No, we're, we're pretty much, um, um, you know, agnostic or neutral when it comes to the actual providers. So let's say you guys own a multifamily property, hundred unit property, you would come to us and we would review all of the existing contract um, contracts you may or may not have on those properties. And then we would seek bids for you and go to the various cable and internet providers and, and go out and get bids from all of them and kind of use them against each other to give you the best offer to serve your property and yeah. may, may the best man win kind of thing, you know, put them all in a cage and let them rumble now, you know, but I yeah. It. I love it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love it because it, to me, your, your job is more like you're a broker. Um, exactly. Because, you know, for example, in the lending industry, I prefer brokers over traditional lenders because they create that. They create competition yep. amongst all the people they're pulling to, to get the best rate. So you're doing the same thing, which is interesting. You know, as, as the more we dive into this industry, the more we find people like you who are specialized consultants, brokers that negotiate on behalf. And it's exciting to see that because, you know, you're not working for that company. You're working on behalf and I imagine that company pays you a commission. Is that correct? Pays you your, your part? No. Um, well, not, not the company. So the owner would pay us gotcha. usually a, a percentage of the, the door fee or the revenue that they collect. Um, or we also have a structure where owners pay us, you know, just a, a, a retainer to work on their, their portfolio for them. Um, we have, several options for people, but we always do a, like a free consultation. We offer that first and just give um, our, our clients or before they become clients, kind of a sense of what we can do for them. And we don't charge anything for just doing a consultation with them. Uh, just like if you were going to go to uh, an attorney or, you know, hire an accountant or something, just to kind of give you a sense of what, what, what it is you could possibly get. Yeah. Jeremy, what do you got? Oh, so in, in, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm guessing that the benefit of hiring somebody like you to bring these services is the fact that you already have the network established and the, uh, and the uh, um, relationship with those companies and the key players on those companies or, or the decision makers on the companies and, and you can make the process faster. Yeah, absolutely. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, pretty oh, much. Okay. Man, I'm yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. Literally, that's exactly what we would do is because we can speed the process up. We have all of the existing relationships. So imagine you have a property, you may or may not know that a contract exists. You purchased that property. Hopefully it was it was discovered in due diligence and you guys assumed that contract. But there's a lot of owners out there who don't even know if they have a contract or not. So where do you start? And that's the thing is a lot of people, German, really just don't know where to start. They're, they've never done this before. 
so we can guide them through. We've done literally thousands of contract negotiations and we can guide them through the whole process from start to finish because you'd be surprised too how many owners can get taken advantage of because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what to ask. Um, There's a lot of components to it getting exclusive, what are you gonna give the provider? Exclusive wiring rights, and there's different types of wiring rights. Are you gonna give them exclusive marketing? Should I give them any of that? If I do, what am I expected to get in return from the provider? And if you don't know what to ask for, the provider is not going to go out of their way to tell Tell you. you. And trust me, I used to work for the provider, so I know how it works. I've been on the inside. So um, there there are a lot of other consultants out there. Obviously, we're not the only consultant who does this, but there really aren't that many who have worked for the cable providers like we have who understand the way they think. And yeah. not just that, we know who to go to and because we've made all of those connections and have all of those relationships. We know who the key providers are. Most likely you're gonna have one or two main providers in any municipality, in any city But then there are other providers who can also serve your property and we know how to look for those opportunities for you. That's that's pretty cool. So let me ask you this, as you know, you've done this for, for such a long time, what is one of those things that, you know, you're, well, not you, but in your pre, when you were working with a provider, you will look at that maybe people didn't pay attention. You mentioned a few there, but what was like the biggest one, that you saw that that owners just did not pay attention to? Compensation. So there's essentially four, and, and I, I, can, I can give your listeners, there's essentially four things that they should be, I mean, there's, there's a lot, but four main things that they should be looking for in, um, in compensation that they should be getting from the provider. And if they don't know these things, so listeners, you know, get out a pen and paper. So write these down. Here's four, going to give you four four free things that you should be looking for, right? Um, That you could do this on your own. You don't even need to need to hire us is the, the very first one is what are called door fees. And those are one time upfront payments that the provider will pay you. And they can be as little as, you know, $50 a door, and we've negotiated them over three, four hundred dollars a door. So you can, you know, see how quickly, especially if you have a large portfolio, you're yeah. talking tens of thousands of dollars in door fee money. And that's just a one-time payment that you, the owner, would receive from the provider. And in exchange for your going to grant that provider, say, maybe um, exclusive use of the inside coax wiring in the property. Um, uh, and maybe you'll give them exclusive marketing rights at the property, right? Yeah. The, the, the leasing office will market the provider exclusively um, versus any other provider. 
So that's the very first thing. So those are door fee payments and those are one-time payments. And by the way, if, cause I know a lot of, a lot of investors, um, you know, they may hold a property for three or five years and then they'll turn that property. The door fee, you don't have to share with the buyer of the property. You get to keep that door fee. You don't have to share any of that money with the person who's going to buy the property and then assume that contract. So that's really important too. Nice. Um, the second way is what's called revenue share. And that is an ongoing quarterly, generally quarterly payment from the provider. And what that um, is, is a, a percentage of the gross revenue that the provider is getting on the property. So let's gotcha. say, let's you know, use AT&T, for example, they're, they're the provider on the property. They will pay you a, um, a, a quarterly percentage of the gross revenue that they're getting from all the tenants on the property. And they'll send you a check, much like your investors receive a residual check for the investment, a dividend or, you know, a yeah. profit share. It's the same concept, literally the same concept. And then you get that money. Not, it's not as lucrative, but it's still valuable and you'll oh, get that. Yeah. I mean, every little, every little yeah. bit helps and that yeah. helps to increase the NOI. So over the term of the agreement, you will get that revenue share. So even if you do a five to, you know, say you do a seven year agreement, you could be looking at, you know, $500 a quarter, you know, $1,000 a year, you add that up, you know, yeah. that's, that's extra money that goes into your pocket. Um, well, then the, the third is while it's not a direct payment, um, cash payment like like revenue share and door fees are courtesy services. And again, if as an owner, if you're not thinking to ask these questions and ask for this, the providers they're going to leave that on the table. They're 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 not yeah, going to just, yeah. just offer it to you. Um, so what that is is like free cable and internet um, to for you to use at the property. Say you have a maintenance person who lives on site and let's say as part of their benefits package, maybe you pay their cable bill or you have a leasing manager or you have a common room somewhere. Yeah. You want to have um, a free internet account or a free cable account. Maybe you have a TV in like a common room where you got a pool table where people can kind of gather around, put a TV up on the wall or in a fitness room. And you should be negotiating free cable services to be used as amenities throughout your property. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, you know, maybe you're paying the cable bill and it's $500 a month for various services because it gets expensive, right? Now mm. you're just, now you're, you're pocketing that money as well. And then the fourth way is through bulk cable and internet services. So what that means is it's the same thing as remember when toilet paper was, was a shortage, right? You go to Costco or Sam's club and you buy up toilet paper and bulk coffee and, and all this, it's the same, but you're getting it really cheap. 
it's the same concept. You're buying, you the owner are buying cable and or internet from the provider at a really cheap rate because you're buying it in bulk. Yeah. So if you have a hundred unit property, you're going to get maybe um, cable and internet for $40 a unit. So you're going to write a check for $4,000 to the cable company. But then you as the owner turn around and mark that up, say $20, $30, $40. So then you charge the resident 80. Yeah. You keep 40, right? And Mm -hmm. then you just now you make money off of it that way by charging an amenity fee. And then you can advertise free cable, free internet. Yeah, because it comes included in the exactly in the in the the unit. Yeah, but if you don't know to be asking any of those, yeah, no, and uh and I'll be I'll be honest, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I I have to to, I have to question side when or how what size of of unit or 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 property does it make sense one, and the other one is. The different packages, can you give us like a, like a scenario where it makes sense to buy bulk instead of mm-hmm. doing the, uh, the, the per unit? Two very good questions. So typically um, anything that is over 50 units and above is where all of this starts to make sense. And there are actually some of the providers who won't even write a contract on anything that's under 50 units. There's some providers who won't write anything on anything under 20 units. They just won't mess with it because it's too, it's too small for them. Um, so once you get beyond 50, um, it's, it starts to make sense. When you get over a hundred units, yeah, for sure. That's, those are properties that you really, and the, the um, asset, uh, class, the class type doesn't really matter either. You could have a C property or you could have an A property and they're both 150 units. You still want to do a contract with the cable provider. Yeah. Um, so it's not just asset class that, um, that is something that, that you would want to leave out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really important. Now um, the type of services that are available on, on those types of properties. Um, for, for internet, it's like for bulk, generally any type of property, but especially like, so um, mobile home parks, student housing, traditional apartments, senior living, all and even in some cases, campgrounds, RV parks, marinas are considered multifamily by the by the cable and provider definition. They consider those multifamily. So it's not just traditional apartments that most of the providers define as as multifamily. Um, generally, all of them are really good for bulk cable. And, and internet, especially because that's what everybody wants. Mm-hmm. You're, you're probably looking at 80% of the resident population is going to get internet service when they move into an apartment. So if you offer it as a bulk amenity, they're, you know, you're actually kind of looked at as 
as as the king property because everybody's going to take it anyway, right? Yeah. So there really isn't an asset class that I guess is excluded German, but the the asset classes that are really hot is student housing, um, senior properties, and then like your your mobile home parks, your campgrounds, RV parks are very popular when it comes to um, internet service. Yeah, that, it, that was good. That's it, it really it really depends on also what the the owner's kind of business model is. There are some owners that just say, you know what, I don't want to do bulk. I don't like it. It's a hassle. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to pay the cable company. I don't want to be on the hook for that. They don't want any part of it. And they're just adamant about it. And then there are other providers out there who are uh, um, ownership groups who absolutely love it. It's huge. And all of their properties are bulk. No, that's pretty cool, man. No, that was, that was a great explanation. So I have, I have two follow-up questions with that. So, and I just want to clarify first. So when we talk about, when we talk about, you know, we should always negotiate with the provider, right? Yep. And we, we essentially got to see it for two things. One, either we're making a, a bulk contract where the operator is taking on the, the contract and then passing on the expense through rent to the, to the tenant, the resident, yep. right? The other one I see is either they're given the rights to the copper and the assets and to be the first marketing company when a tenant moves in. Um, but not necessarily, and then they, and then the owner gets a kickback for right. a commission, right? Yep. So not necessarily two different, two different models, correct? Yep. Okay. Okay. Making sure I understood that. So then my second part to that question is if you do a, a kickback portion of it, it's not necessarily that you're just creating one, one telecommunication company for the, your asset. You're just making it the primary one that is there or because I, I guess Correct. That's, my, that's my gripe with tele, telecommunication companies. I see monopolies there. Like I, I've lived all over the country. Right, right, right. And I know Verizon's here in Virginia, in California, it was Xfinity. I mean, it drives me nuts. I, I, I want to, I want competition so that the prices go down. Right. So it's like, they all have an agreement that I have this region, have this region, <laughs> yeah. have this region right. And I've been, I've lived in the East coast. I've lived in the West coast. I lived in North Dakota for a while. And like North Dakota was, um, I forget what it was, but it was a smaller company, um, that is nowhere else in the country, <laughs> but yeah, I, that's, that was always my grade. So, so yeah, so no, it's not like that. Correct. Well, um, it, it, it is. So oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So primarily every, every, um, city, every area, will have um, a, a main cable company. So you're not gonna see like Charter and Comcast really competing together yeah. because of the way their footprint is. So the main cable providers you're not going to see and even the, uh, the, the smaller ones like uh, WOW and CenturyLink and Frontier, you're only gonna have one or two dominant cable providers. Frontier. Frontier. Yep. You're only going to have one or two dominant cable providers in a market. And that's your traditional cable when you think of cable, right? 
And then you're also going to have a phone company. You're going to have AT&T or you're going to have Verizon. And again, that depends on where you live. And yeah, it, 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 they, they have a monopoly in the sense that they're the only providers in that general area. Um, but depending on what you're looking for, you do have choice. And if you're looking for bulk service, yeah. there are other providers out there who can come in and serve the property um, if you're looking for bulk because that's going to be more lucrative for them to actually extend or, or build their service or put in infrastructure into the property. But from just a pure retail standpoint, yeah, generally you're only going to have um, like, like two, maybe, uh, maybe three cable providers, and then you'll have one of the main phone providers um, gotcha. in an area. And, and it, it gets, there, there's, Definitely more choice um, in more metropolitan areas, the bigger yeah. the community, mm -hmm. but in your rural, real rural markets, you're probably only gonna have one or two. But that doesn't mean you still don't wanna negotiate a solid agreement with the provider because at a minimum, your asset is private property and they should not be providing service or accessing your residence to provide service. Cause think about it, they're making money and you're allowing them to be on the property, yeah. but you should at least negotiate an agreement with them that gives them the legal right to be there because you have the authority to tell them to leave. You know, you're, you're probably not gonna do that cause you want your tenants to have yeah. a provider and you don't want to get into a real, um, you know, you don't want to have a, a, a contentious relationship with the provider. You want to have a good relationship with them. Yeah. So that's what I always tell my clients is start with a good relationship with the local provider. Don't look at each other as enemies. They're trying to make a living. You're trying to make a living. Work together, partner together. Um, they should adhere to certain standards. Uh, make sure they're not making a mess of your property and stringing wires all over the place. Yeah. Let's get some of that cleaned up. If you're going to provide service, if you're going to be here on my property and provide service, then you need to behave a certain way. And, and you know what? That's, that's a great point because, you know, cable management is huge when it comes to just the organization and the infrastructure of an asset, right? Exactly. Over the years, I mean, you don't want to do that as an owner. And if you don't do it over a period of years, I mean, that's going to get messy. So having these companies recurrently update them and do them and all that is a benefit to the owner as well with, when it comes to expenses. That's not cheap. Cable management is not cheap. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you can you can spend um a lot of your time or your, or your leasing uh, staff's time dealing with all of this on an ongoing basis. But if you establish a relationship up front and if you have a contract that um, dictates what the cable operator is obligated to do, but also what you're going to do because the contract is, yeah. is a two-way street, 
now you guys have a really clear understanding of, of what the partnership is supposed to look like and what each party is going to be responsible for. You're going yeah. to give them access to your prop to your property in exchange for them paying you. Um, and you're going to give them certain rights to be there, yeah. but you, you do hold the purse strings. You do have the legal right to tell a provider to leave. And a lot of owners don't know that. They think that the cable company has the right to be there and that's not true. No, no, I agree. I mean, I mean legally it's your, it's your property, right? I yep. mean, and you know, I'm glad we talked to you about this because it's good to know, you know, absolutely as, as we scale in our adventure here. But when, when we talk about, you know, the relationship that you should have, I personally, without knowing the information you just gave me, getting a kickback and commission as a plus as a bonus would be to me my main thing would be hey how can we make it so that you keep my expenses low when it comes to infrastructure i think that's more important from from my aspect because looking at it long term like i'm telling you man that i mean we in the air force i, I oversee guys that do cable management i've overseen it in, in the middle right. east and and who throw fiber out and i mean over the lifetime of that stuff it's it's ridiculous how much we how much it costs cable management and servers and wiring mm -hmm. people that is a lot of work especially if years down the line you got to take down walls to replace it or whatever yeah i don't know that, that would, the money the commission is, is like a nice thing i would say you know but the the maintenance the maintaining of it is is the road juice there i don't know if you agree with that todd I, I do, absolutely, because um, once the cable goes in, then now it's an asset and it's a fixture of your property. Yeah. And it's important to make sure, so the, the provider is responsible for maintaining the infrastructure, the internal wiring during the term of the agreement. Yeah, the, the ownership does not, uh, transfer over or the the ownership of that wiring um, is not the providers. The ownership of that wiring stays with the owner of the property. Yeah, but they maintain it. So. But they are responsible for maintaining it during the term of the agreement. So if yeah. uh, a cable goes bad, they're supposed to replace it. But more importantly, not just replace it and then string a cable on the outside of the building through the window and yeah, make yeah, a mess yeah. of your property. They're supposed to do it in, in a professional manner that- To a certain, to a certain grade, yeah. It, I mean, it'd be just like your house. If the cable mm -hmm. provider came out and all of a sudden, you know, they just start stringing lines and just start, or the dish company just starts, you know, stringing lines all over, you'd be like, wait a minute, time out here. You can't just do that. Yeah. A multifamily um, asset, a, a million dollar asset should also be treated the same way. Yeah. Just because it has a hundred units doesn't make it any different. But, yeah. but the problem is a lot of owners are so busy they're just not there and, and they don't live there. Maybe they don't even have any on-site management. So a lot of this is going on and they don't even see it. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe the property management is not, uh, you know, kind of keeping up with it either. And then things just go. And then after 10 years, 
of just letting it go, the property's a mess. Yeah, and you know, I I personally would would now that I I know there's so much you can negotiate on, I would even let go of, of the commission and say, hey, how about you don't give me a kickback, but instead, every so often, every certain years, you upgrade my because technology is only going to get better, right? You upgrade absolutely my internals to fiber. Oscar my, just told my question. <laughs> I was gonna right. say what happens when you want to upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could agree that, yeah. that like, hey, like every three years, if we have a new fiber that comes out that's better or whatever, I want this put in because most, I mean, Todd, correct me if I'm wrong, but most, for example, fiber. I remember um, Verizon Files when they started doing files, it was super fast, but it would, the speed would stop once it hit a house if that house did not have the capacity to handle those speeds. Right. So there was no point of getting files if your house could not handle it. It, it was it was pointless. Yes. Was pointless. Right. So now I mean it's the same thing. So if you can upgrade a whole asset and the internals are up to date, then your property is even better. And and that's absolutely true. You can forego compensation in exchange for saying, I want the internal wiring upgraded now. Um, because it's a mess. My residents, I, my residents are, are complaining that the internet, they keep getting kicked off and their internet's terrible and their internet's slow and, you know, the wiring is bad. So um, you replace some of the inside, you know, not rewire the whole building necessarily, because that could get very costly, but, but at least replace and maintain and repair some of the existing wiring and I'll forego the door fee compensation let's say. Yeah. yeah. And you bring up a very good point. The whole thing is um, whether you hire somebody like us to do it for you, or you learn on your own, if you don't know any of this, you're just going to just assume that, yeah. okay, well, it's just the way it is. You know, we just got to let it go. And it shouldn't be that way. Um, you should yeah. arm yourself with information and, you know, by having me on here and again, thank you so much and giving yeah, your absolutely. listeners um, some things that they can take away with. Yeah. Now they might have, um, you know, a chance to negotiate a better agreement yeah. uh, the next time they're faced with that. That's the thing I would, I would tell your listeners, you know, number, number one, Go to your file cabinet, start getting, pull all of your contracts out, look them over, kind of start to digest that and, and see what's in there. When are they getting ready to expire? Um, and guess what? You open up that file drawer and maybe it's empty. Maybe you don't even have any contracts. Yeah. Maybe you didn't get any in the turnover, right? So, and exactly. it happens, right? You get a oh, yeah. mom and pop owner and you, you're, you're dead in the water, but I would definitely recommend anyone, and this is what what I, I plan to do in the future with my brother if we, when we get into higher assets is, hey, Todd, have the same conversation we just had, <laughs> literally, <laughs> and say, hey, let's critically think what's what's the best option? Do we forego this to improve the, the cabling or this or that? I mean, I wouldn't know unless, to the point I know now, unless you came on here and gave us you know, the insight that you have for 30 years in the telecom industry, which is huge, right? I I don't know. And I'm sure there's like a whole other section that I still don't know because we haven't thought through everything yet. 
But well, it's just like it's just like uh, investing, multifamily investing. You know, mentoring people and teaching them how to invest and educating them that you know. Um, it's extremely lucrative. Um, there's a lot of tax benefits. There's a lot of things. And if you don't know to ask these things, yeah. you're scared and you never get into investing, real estate investing. Yeah. Telecom negotiation is the same thing. If you don't know to ask these questions and you're just left in the dark, mm -hmm. you're out there. So we're, we're there as an advisor for, for um, your, your listeners to at least yeah. give them a, a free consultation, if nothing else. And, and, and to look at it from a different perspective, and, and, and we talk about it, you know, in, in, in different uh, venues and in, in podcasts and uh, everything that we do is you build your team. And yep. and it's, it's part of the team. It's like, hey, we're going to bring another another uh, component to this to this yeah. investment. And this person is going to be able to bring, you know, a, a, good, a good service to our tenants. And it also... Uh, um, Increase our NOI, yeah. reduce our expenses, you know, and, and, and make it make it a better investment. So it's just, it's just bringing another person to the team. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see because yeah. you know, as you scale, you can negotiate just about anything um, with whether it's telecom or with um, energy as well. I mean, there's different way different energy providers. So we haven't had them on the show yet, but I'm sure there's energy brokers out there. I've met some for solar panels um that they negotiate for to put them on top of multifamily properties or industrial and wait to you waste hauling too um there's, oh, there's yeah. consultants and i and i know a really good one um out there's name is tyler brunson if i can give him a plug um yeah absolutely uh, you can look him up on linkedin um waste waste consultants i think is the name of the company but tyler brunson and that's what he does very similar to what we do but he does your your waste hauling um, agreements and he evaluates them and then sees where he can save you money because in a lot of cases you're overpaying to have your garbage hauled away yeah yeah you know and no and if you can't connect us man yeah <laughs> we would love to dig into that too like all these experts and yeah and you should have them on their... have them on your show we had him on yeah. our podcast he's yeah. he's a fantastic resource yeah nice. absolutely no that'd be that awesome what what markets or what regions do you focus on? All, um, yeah, the entire United States. Nice. Um, we have clients all over the United States. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. If, if the listeners are listening to it, it's like, okay, what do you work? That's good. Uh, and one one last question that I have, I'm just curious, and I'm pretty sure some of our listeners are too, especially the, the younger guys. Um, how, what trends do you see right now in regards to cable versus internet? I know I have internet. I haven't had cable last 10 years, probably. Yeah. Um, can, is, is there a way to negotiate to where it's like, well, I just want, because I don't, I don't, I don't want to waste that, that asset or, or whatever it's called, putting the internet in my, in my properties when mm -hmm. most people just use internet. Do you yeah. see that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the, 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 the providers typically, um, they shied away from doing internet only bulk deals because they wanted, they wanted to put video in there as well. Um, a lot of that has to do with counting subscriber numbers for wall street and, and their stock prices, but really ca traditional cable is going away. Mm -hmm. It's, it's changing and it's really all streaming services now, but 
everybody has to have internet of some kind. Um, yeah, you have your you have your uh, cell service. You got your your four uh, G LTE, soon to be five G um, service that's going to be everywhere. But internet is not going away. Not mm-hmm. anytime. Not anytime soon. Yeah. So that is a huge trend. Um, you know, putting in internet and managed Wi-Fi systems in in a lot of large large properties, two, three, four hundred unit plus properties, but also smart technology. And even in in your smaller properties, you know, the fifty to hundred unit properties. So smart technology like um, uh, smart locks, water detection systems. Uh, you know, water leak detection systems, uh, surveillance, camera security, smart lights. A lot of properties are starting to go that way. And there are companies out there and I can put um, your listeners in touch with who do it with just a, um, a hub that has a 5G chip in it. So you don't even need internet. It's like literally having a cell phone and it's a hub that goes inside a unit. And then that hub can control all of the smart devices, smart thermostats and all that. That's where we're starting to see it's becoming the Jetsons. Um, I, I posted something on LinkedIn, I think yesterday about that. You know, that's kind of where it's headed. It's all, yeah. you know, sophistication, man. Yeah. Nice. And, and, and the thing is that, yeah, people have to have to change as time and technology changes. Yeah. So you cannot stay on, on cable. Yeah, like I said, um, internet, I know, is there to stay because uh, 4G, uh, 5G is not reliable in some, in some areas. Inside some buildings, sometimes you might have 5G, right. but if it doesn't work inside indoors, you're going to need internet. So, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no, there's no true 5G yet, but, but right. there's... Um, yeah. But I... It's coming. My, my hope is that with everything on the internet, Comcast dies. <laughs> I just don't like Comcast. I have a gripe against them. So They got to shut down our podcast, man. Yeah, I know, I know. yeah right. You got to be careful. I have, I have Verizon files. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, no, Todd, thank you so much, man. Uh, thank you for coming on. And, you know, could you... Could you tell the listeners uh, where they could find you and, and tell them about your podcast and the, and the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So just look up my profile. It kind of tells, uh, tells what we do. I post content uh, daily uh, on LinkedIn. So put out a lot of information. And then, yeah, we host a podcast. It's called MDU Nation. And we put out a show every Monday on Apple, Google, Podbean, and Spotify. And our podcast is geared towards the multifamily industry as a whole. So we cover everything from technology, like we just talked about, to legal, investing, sales, marketing, a little bit of everything. Wow. No, that's awesome. I imagine you bring out some great experts as well. But, all right, anything else, German? no man i'm glad so coming on and yeah that's great i just i just uh requested on on linkedin so everybody that's listening and watching us just you know uh going and linkedin with todd there we go man (laughs) i had a blast guys this is great thank you so (laughs) much man thank you for coming on